All right, welcome to this audio-only episode of The Colin and Samir Show. We haven't done one of these in a while, but what we wanted to do was at the beginning of this year, look back on 2021, because it was kind of the year that we arrived as creators. It was the year that we were actually able to turn making videos online into a real business. This was the first year that I didn't think about doing something else in probably the past 10 years, to be honest. Past 10 years, I've always thought, okay, well, this may fail, so let me get another job here, or let me keep an option open over there. But this was the first year that I was like locked in, this is what we're doing for perhaps the next 10 years. And there was four key things that played a role in us being able to go full-time and us turning our YouTube channel into a business. So we want to talk about those and just reflect on what it's been like to go from this being an incredibly tumultuous and, and, and rocky road to us actually having a career. All right, welcome to this audio-only special edition of The Colin and Samir Show. All right, so I'm looking at our PL from 2019. So this is the year before the pandemic and our net income. Do you know what it was? No, I don't know what it was. Negative $18,800. That feels right. That feels right. For what I remember of that time. What do you remember at that time in 2019? Feeling like a failure and perhaps like the last three to four years included a lot of wasted energy. I was really confused. I felt like that as well, but I was confused at how it didn't work. To give everyone context, Colin and I have been working together for 10 years And we had started a business on YouTube. We had sold that business. We were working as salaried employees at a sports media company making YouTube content. We're working with creators like Dude Perfect, working with brands like Nike. And we left to start Colin and Samir with the thought that it was going to be pretty easy. You know, we we had a show at that company where about 100,000 people would watch, 50 to 100,000 people an episode. And I kind of assumed that those people would just transfer over to whatever we did next. And it was just not true. Like once we started uploading content to Colin and Samir, it just was not the same audience. And I remember the next couple years, like from 2017 when we started the channel or 2016 is when we started the channel to 2019, those three years being some of the toughest years mentally for our career. Yeah. I keep thinking about this thing that Neil from this company, Whaler, said to us. He said because he's had a business partner that he's worked with for years and years. And he said, you know, even if it gets tough, we continue to work together because we know that one plus one equals three. That if they keep working together, something will happen that really shouldn't happen. One plus one should equal two. But for some reason, when you work together, it equals three. And I felt like with you and I, in our first foray into YouTube, that's what was happening. For some reason, one plus one was equaling three. Yeah. We were ending up on TV. We were working with major brands. The company was acquired. You couldn't exactly say why or how these things were happening, but they were happening. So I just believed once we started Colin and Samir, the, our second YouTube channel, that one plus one would continue to equal three. Yeah. What was shocking in that, I agree with that. What was shocking was that one plus one equaled negative $18,887. A lot of stress, <laughs> unhealthy lifestyles. So much stress. Yeah. yeah. It was it was so hard. Um, and I think it's incredibly hard to be undergoing that much stress and trying to be creative at the same time. Yeah. And, and a lot of that has to do with 
this thing that I think exists across, it, it exists across all entrepreneurs, which is finding what we call content market fit or, you know, what someone else would call product market fit. Basically, we were just uploading content, whatever we wanted, whenever we wanted. It was pretty inconsistent. Um, it was about different topics. It was a little all over the place, which is whatever we wanted to make. And then I remember feeling an incredible sense of frustration that it wasn't, you know, having mass appeal or when one would have more appeal than another, I would be like, can we reverse engineer that again? Can we do that episode again? Is that what people want to see? I remember being very just like, I don't know, like cut down. Like I felt like a shell of myself in a lot of those moments where I was like excited for a second and then just so disheartened when we would put out a video and maybe it wouldn't do well or we weren't getting the brand opportunities we wanted. Yeah. And it got to a point where we were actually making money, making videos for other people and doing projects that although they pushed us and we grew a lot and I don't regret any of the projects we did during that time, they weren't, it wasn't our goal to become a production company. Right. And we, and we weren't making that good of money. No, obviously as you know, mm-hmm. you saw at the top of this, yeah, yeah, yeah. but that was another huge issue is that we were working really hard and we just weren't making that much money. Yeah. We, that, that was the confusing part is like, we were, we were doing like sleepless nights and working on just creative challenges that were, that were not ours, which I think, you know, when you're a creator, which is something that we didn't know what that meant. We knew we wanted to be a creator, but there was no roadmap. There was nothing to like look up online. What does it look like to be a creator? Even when we ended up meeting Casey Neistat, I basically asked him like, what is this job? You know, like, what are we doing? I was so confused and I thought he would have an answer for me, but his answer was just basically like, whatever's coming next is up to you to define. Like you're going to just define your own career next. And I, I think like today, when we look back on that time, like now there's way more resources, I think our channel included of how to learn and, and figure out what the career of being a creator is, but we did not understand it at that time at all. We, we didn't even understand the fundamentals of what we were doing. No. And, and the, the worst part about that was that we weren't learning that quickly. The process for us of making a YouTube video was extremely difficult from coming up with the idea from who we wanted to even see it, how we were going to make it. And so it would take us two to three weeks sometimes to make a video. You put out a video, it doesn't do well. You can't really learn from that because it takes you another three weeks to make a video. When like so, so many parts of the process were just broken. Yeah. I mean, every part of it was, and I think it was, <laughs> I don't mean to say this in like the, the such an intense way, but I think it's because also we were a little broken at that time, like there was almost no way that we were going to figure it out because we were so just disheartened by it all. Yeah, completely. And it got to a point where, you know, you packed your bags and, and moved home. Like we, I was, I was probably one week away from shutting down the bank account. I think we had like a couple more obligations to do and we were going to receive the money then. And then I was going to shut down the bank account. So at the end of 2019, we decided to basically call it quits. Yeah. We had that conversation in November. You went to India. Yeah. I drove home and and that was pretty much that. What did you think when you drove home? Like, were you, what were you, what were you going to do next? Uh, I mean, I had no idea, but I reached out to try and get a job making videos for the 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't even like basketball. I really don't (laughs) care about the NBA, but we had a background in sports media. Yeah. And 
you know, I had one or two interviews and the guy that I was talking with, he was really nice. And he was like, look, like, I think, you know, you're clearly qualified to do this. You have an interesting background, but I don't know if you've seen the news, the NBA just shut down. Cause by the time I was really interviewing for jobs, COVID was picking up. And so he was like, I'm laying off a lot of people in here. Wow. There's really no opportunities. And he said to me, he was like, if there's any way to do what you've been doing the last couple years, it's probably a good time to keep doing that. He actually gave me that advice. Really? Yeah. He was like, cause he had said something around the fact that what you were doing was yours. Like mm. it didn't rely on anyone else. And he mm. was like, I think we're entering a period of time where you're going to have to be a little bit self-reliant. That's really interesting. That's good advice. Yeah. And we absolutely were. I was interviewing to be a podcast producer at, uh, at with Scooter Braun. Yeah. <laughs> and here in LA and just like with some of the projects he was working on, I got connected through a friend and, um, was interviewing to be a podcast producer. And I remember through the process, like I put together a, I spent an entire weekend at a coffee shop, just putting together a pitch deck for one of the shows. And I remember being really excited about it. I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm good at this. Like I, I can figure out the format for someone else. But I remember at the end of it feeling like, why can't I do this for myself? Like, why can't, we figure this yeah, out. Wasn't I kind of doing this for myself? Yeah. Just not I, getting paid. <laughs> but I also wasn't giving it the same respect that mm. I was giving someone else, right? I wasn't spending an entire weekend just building a deck about the format of a show. And that's a bit of a precursor to, you know, where the business ended up for us. Um, but, you know, from that moment, I, th I was interviewing and I was so unfamiliar with interviewing. I, I got to be honest, I've never interviewed for a job. I've interviewed for one job and it was to be a towel boy at a gym. And it was a pretty easy interview. And after that, I have not been interviewed for a job. So I was super unfamiliar. I made a resume and I had no idea. I was like, can I just make a video? How do I like, how do I tell you what I've done? Same. Yeah. I mean, I interviewed to work at a deli my freshman year of college. Yeah. And then after I graduated to work at a hotel. Right. And those are the only times I've ever interviewed because with, when you technically hired me, yeah. it was just an email of, and a call of, Hey, I think this would be interesting if you came out for three months. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was not an interview. Yeah. I didn't even know what you studied until I think you came to work and yeah. you said what you, you studied like Italian and I was yeah. like, okay, cool. Fine. Doesn't matter. Sure. I mean, we just found out, uh, like a couple months ago that everyone who sits in our office outside of Colin and I College dropouts. Well, Jesse wanted to make it very clear okay, that he Jesse, is not a college sorry, dropout. Sorry, sorry, sorry. He, so, he went to college. How okay. dare you? All the people from 2020, because Jesse's been with us. He's an editor who's been with us before, since 2020. Uh, so after 2021, everyone who joined the team is a college dropout. And I didn't even know that until they, they joined the team. It's so interesting. Like I'm so unfamiliar with the interview, pro interview process and just... Yeah unfamiliar with that whole thing. So I don't know if I really even believed that it was going to happen. No, like, I didn't. I was like, it. this is kind of an interesting thing that's happening, but am I really going to work with all of these strangers after, after what I went through? I still had a lot of desire to be a creator. I mean, I still had basically a hundred percent desire to be a creator. I still wanted that reality and I didn't know what that meant or looked like still. Yeah. I think I was actually kind of done. You were done. Yeah. Yeah. I was done. I didn't really like being on camera anymore. Yeah. I, there was so much confusion in it and stability because I don't think naturally if I didn't have this, if I didn't have this career, I wouldn't just pick up a camera and talk to it. Yeah. I would pick up a camera and take photos. I would take video of other things. I would interview other people. 
but I would not get on camera myself. Not that you right. have to get on camera yourself to be a creator. There are a lot of creators who do really amazing things from behind a camera. Mm -hmm. But at that point, I was pretty done being on camera. Yeah, I think I was going, I was going through a uh, identity crisis. I think I, I have been my, my entire career between like, am I a creative? Am I a producer? Am I mm -hmm. an entrepreneur? Am I the on-camera talent? Like, and of course, in, in our situation, both of us are all of those things and have to be all of those things. But I felt very much at that moment when I had a decision to make of what my identity is, like mm -hmm. what job do I apply for? That's where I was like, well, which one, which parts of these is me? Is it the entrepreneur? Am I, should I go start a business? Should I go be a business ops person? Uh, should I be a salesperson? Should I be, you know, like what, which version of this should I do? I mean, I had no idea what my identity was going to be so much so that I was applying to be some sort of social media editor slash coordinator manager. I have no idea, right. which I would have hated, I think, doing it for someone else. Totally. So I, I think at that time, you know, what was fascinating was it was the end of 2019 when we made that decision. The beginning of 2020 was when we ended up getting a call from Samsung and actually working with them on a project, which then led us to a year-long offer, basically an, an offer from them to, um, you know, be, be in brand ambassadors for Samsung for a year. And I'll never forget us walking around San Francisco after they handed us the contract. And like, you had already moved to Philadelphia. I was looking for jobs in LA. And all of a sudden we had a deal in front of us that was going to buy us a year of work and like a comfortable year of work. Mm -hmm. And I remember we were on the phone, like maybe as we were negotiating the deal, you called me and you, you said something that I, I had never thought about. You were like, if we sign this deal, we can actually just be creators for a year. Like we can just focus on our YouTube channel. And we had never done that before. We had never had all the time to just make stuff together. We always were selling, making stuff for someone else. We'd, we just didn't have that. And I remember that, that call. And when you said that to me, I was like, well, I think if we do that, then we'll make it because we had never done that before. I remember having that thought. I was like, oh, he's right. That's what's missing. I don't know if I had the confidence that if we did it, we would make it. But I did know that that's what we had been going for this entire time. Right. And it was the universe saying, if you really want it, here it is. And how would you not take that opportunity? Right. Whether it was truly going to work out, you know, in a year, because there's no guarantee. No. Just because you get one or two brand partnerships that give you the funding to go for a year. There was a lot still unanswered about what we were doing on YouTube. We weren't necessarily self-sustaining. No, I agree. But I think that as a entrepreneur or creator, someone who has an idea and wants to see it through, you have to be able to not only have the idea, but authentically believe it can happen. Mm -hmm. You actually have to believe it can happen. That's one thing we've probably had Yeah, is a serious conviction. Like a radical belief. A radical belief, yeah. Even to the point of like being, I, I was mentioning this to you the other day, like being confused at why it wasn't happening. Yeah. You know, where it was like, hmm. Which is really why wrong. 2019 was so difficult at yeah. the end of the year. Because yeah. it was confronting that, that you're really maybe not who you thought you were and your belief system gets rocked a little bit. Mm -hmm. So 2020 comes around and we are, you know, essentially in a, just a whole nother world of confusion and turmoil of like, 
So everything's locked down. What do we, how do we make videos now? What do we do? We moved, we moved you back to LA and put you in an Airbnb and started to try and make videos in this like quarantine era. And if still, you go back to those videos in 2020, pretty just strange, like on our channel, they weren't all clear cut. Yeah. But the majority of them were about creators, Mm -hmm. about the media industry. So we at least knew that if we were going to upload a video for the most part, that's what we were trying to do was cover creators and educate. So that's number one, I would say. And that happened pretty early for us. But number one of the four things that have turned this kind of crazy idea of having a YouTube channel into a career, number one is defining the audience. Now, what's funny is we came from a world of like super niche content of having a hyper-defined audience. We started our first business, if you don't know, it was called the Lacrosse Network. So it was just videos for lacrosse players, videos for the lacrosse community about lacrosse. The most niche audience you could have, like the most defined audience you could have. And on their second time around, you know, I think we were trying to find it. It was always fellow creators. That was always kind of a hint of it, but we never said that out loud and just been like, that's who we're making content for. Yeah, it doesn't get uploaded to the channel if it doesn't fit that criteria. Yeah. And with the Lacrosse Network, truly it was making those videos for our younger selves who grew up with lacrosse magazines, but saw video about all these other sports on TV all the time. Right. It was like, we don't have a space where people are talking about this, so let's do it ourselves. And when it came to us making videos about creators and really locking into that in 2020, it was sort of the same thing. It was like when we started the lacrosse network and we were trying to start a YouTube channel, there was nowhere to go to learn how this was going to work. There was nothing we could share with our parents that could explain it. Yeah. And so how great would it be if we could start building that resource for the younger generation Mm -hmm. and create that channel that we wish we had? So when we think about that, like audience definition, that I think for anything you're doing is so incredibly important. What, like who is your customer? Who is your audience? Who is the person on the other side receiving the thing that you're creating? You have to know that so incredibly well because that guides so much. And the second thing that over the course of 2020 and I think bleeding into 2021, when think when we really dug into this was value prop, like Why? So now, you know, you you have some thought around like, who are these people? And the second one is, why are they coming here? What's the transformation they're experiencing? And I think that word transformation is really important because essentially what we want to think about is who is this person when they arrive at your video and who are they when they leave? Like what just happened to them? Did they get entertained? Did they work out? Did they like experience fitness, you know, like I'm not on our channel, not on our channel, but on yoga with Adrian, which I watch all the time, you know, was that like a, I do yoga flex, like I'm fit. Yes. Okay. But also shout out to our, both of our personal trainer, who's also a creator, <laughs> Devin. Yeah. Shout out to Devin, our shout virtual Devin, personal trainer, our virtual personal trainer. Yeah. We're our, experiencing our, a real glow up here yeah. at Colin and Samir Industries. Our VPT. Um, So what would the hell was I just saying? You just threw me off. Oh, basically like the transformation. So what we decided, what we recognized was our value prop was education. So if you're coming to our channel, you were going to get educated. And we had to make sure when we were making a video that it was for creators and that it was educational, which meant from when you clicked on the video to afterwards, you learned something. Yeah. And that's a huge part of why I think we even landed the Samsung contract in 2020 
because of the fact that even then we were speaking to creators and we wanted to educate and empower them. And that aligned with Samsung's vision too, right? right? Like Mm -hmm. that they would not get involved with us if our audience were creators and we were trying to make them fit, you know, Mm -hmm. get, Mm -hmm. get muscly. (laughs) It wouldn't be, it wouldn't match up. (laughs) So those two things I think are, are just your foundation. And again, when I think back to like me putting together you know, an idea for a new format of a podcast. I was doing these things, but I just, we just never did them for ourselves. And so writing down your audience, writing down your value prop, like what's going to happen. Now, the thing in, in 2020, when we really got to focus on creating, we got our first studio space. We, you know, really hired our first editor and Jesse. When, when all of that happened, the one thing we still didn't have was a format. We didn't know what we were making. We started making these breakdowns, I think, through the, the second half of the year, which were video essays about creators. But that was grueling. That was grueling to make. Yeah, there, there was no way to replicate them. I remember you would ask me, how do we do this? What's the timeline? Mm-hmm. And I never could give you an answer. And it really frustrated right. me yeah. that I could not tell you how long a video was going to take. What I was trying to do at this time was figure out like how we were going to make money. Yeah. So like we had one really good you know, deal one really good sponsor, but you know, it wasn't enough. And we were starting to get more sponsorship opportunities. And so I was trying to back into some type of math of what our rate mm-hmm. should be. Like, how long does it take us to make one of these videos? Uh, yeah. You were trying to come up then, with an hourly rate. And, and then look- also come back to like, how often can we upload? Those are the two things that are important when we're selling, right? Like how much does it cost to make the product and how often can we make the product? Yeah. If people are buying our videos, let's say back then, maybe at $10,000 a video. Yeah but we can only make one video a month. And that's how much money. And there's two make. of us yeah. <laughs> and we're paying Jesse yeah. and we have a studio. Yeah. It's not going to work. Not going to work. And we were uploading about, I think once a month. Yeah. At, that at times. Time. Yeah. Yeah. We tried for once a week, but it was hard with that format. So what's interesting was we always loved podcasting. Like what we were doing right now. Always loved this. Cause it, it also in a weird way, it was like our time to just spend an hour together and just talk about what was happening. Yeah. Just figure out what's been happening in our lives. So yeah. even in the most, busy weeks where we had like other projects, other things going on in our personal lives, we could record a podcast and we would record a podcast. It was something that we were just constantly doing. And that's when we decided to explore turning on the cameras and seeing what it would be like to film the podcast. Originally, the idea was at the end of 2020, early 21, we'll film our podcast Mm -hmm. and we'll put it on a podcast channel. And that'll be perhaps the strategy that I think we thought we could grow that channel perhaps in a short amount of time, bigger than bigger than our main channel. Yeah. And that was not necessarily the case, but what it did do was give us an opportunity every week to create a piece of content that was for creators and had to educate them. And it was an opportunity to come up with that low lift format that we could commit to Mm -hmm. a format that we were just like, wait a second, we're making these and we have a process like we're filming them. We're writing them. Uh, Jesse's helping us edit them and he's taking the brunt of the work and we're able to like do other things while this is happening. We're like, wait a second. Hold on. I mean, our interview with Eric yeah. quickly got over a hundred thousand views. Right. Graham Stefan, that one was mm-hmm. up there as well. Then we filmed one, which is you and I about yeah. David Dobrik. Yeah. And that got it, shared it by, his, well. yeah. by Natalie and that yeah. had 30 to 40,000 views within a day. Yeah. And it was like, what are we doing? Uh, yeah. Then we made the decision. We were just like, oh, this is the thing we do. And that was really liberating, really liberating. The reality was nothing else would work. 
because we didn't have a process for the other type of video. Yeah. And like we said, we tried to back into the math too a little right. bit. It just wasn't going to work. So now all of a sudden we could realize that we could upload a video every single week in this talk show format. And we decided to shift that format onto the main channel. Now it was, you know, still Colin, myself and Jesse, our editor, but we were able to figure out this process and start uploading videos and start learning about how the audience was reacting and, and how we even could enhance the format. And what was interesting was the first episode we put out of the show was immediately our best video. It was a one out of 10, I think, yeah. immediately. immediately. And that was in February of 2021. Yeah. And it was immediately our best video. And then we followed it up with uh, an interview with Marquez Brownlee, which is, which is funny to think about. We just did one as well, uh, the last episode of the show. Uh, and then, you know, two episodes later, we interviewed Mr. Beast and we just started going on weekly Monday episodes. We committed to a day. And what was interesting was also collaborations got easier because we could reach out to someone and say, we have a show that comes out every Monday about, you know, the, the ins and outs of the business of creators. We'd love to interview you. Or, hey, next Monday, this you know, new project came out from this creator. We're going to talk about that. Immediately after Marquez was on the show in February, people started reaching out on Twitter mm -hmm. and saying, I'd love to be on the show. It really made our job so much easier. So that simplification of not only our process, but of our format and branding the format, the Colin and Samir show, and having you know a consistent day we upload, like that consistency, that repetition unlocked like from the outside world, the industry, it unlocked this understanding of who we were and what we did. It also unlocked, the, most importantly, internally in our company, between you, myself, and Jesse, what we were doing on a weekly basis, like what we were focused on, what we were trying to get out. And from there, we were able to have a foundation of a format that could then build a process of, okay, first we do this, then we do this, then we do this. We were able to start defining this process. And because we knew what we were making each week, we also knew what we needed help with. And so that's when we were able to engage Chris, who now mm -hmm. works here full time. We mm -hmm. were able to engage him and say, hey, Chris, can you help us with graphics mm -hmm. for the episode to make the episode better? Right. We needed someone to help us write scripts, mm -hmm. prep research docs. All of a sudden there were roles yeah. that helped make the process easier. Yeah. And we had, you know, we wanted to have clips from the show. Now we wanted to have short form content and that's where Tyga came in and, and started shooting that and helping us with the show and, and the distribution of the show. And so all of a sudden, so quickly, it went from you and I in a car with the help of, of Jesse trying to figure out how to upload a YouTube video to us having a show and having a process, which I don't know if I've said this yet, but that's number three. That's the third thing that really changed things. So just to recap, defining our audience, defining our value prop, right? So creators, and we want to educate. Now, the next thing is process. How are we going to do that? And now the final thing that all creators need to go full-time and that we needed was industry support. Mm -hmm. So of course we had Samsung come in in 2020 and we had Storyblocks, we had some other partners, but the reality is in 2021, the creator economy, that term even just became a thing it became its own industry. There were companies and people interested in learning about this on a daily basis, and it was continuing to grow and grow. Well, I think one thing that's really important when you're starting on this exercise is if you write down the audience that you want to speak to, and then you write down the value prop. So you're like, okay, I want to 
I want to educate and empower creators, which is our, our mission statement, right? So that defines our audience and our value prop. Who else wants to do that, right? And you look at our sponsors today, everyone has the same mission. Like we are mission aligned with all of our sponsors. And that's because there are sponsors who want to do that. So I think what's important is you write that down and then make a list of companies who are doing the same thing as you. Companies who want to speak to the same audience as you. Companies that want to transform that audience in the same way that you do. And you can quickly recognize who you need to talk to or who would even potentially sponsor what you're doing. It feels like though in 2021 specifically, the number of companies Mm -hmm. who were mission aligned with us increased. Increased. And the number of people who even just wanted to be educated about creators increased. Yeah. And I think that's important too. When you recognize, like, I don't think you, you should, as a creative, pick your topic based on monetization. I don't think you should do that. I think you're going to get burnt out doing that. But I do think you should be aware of certain topics. You should also be aware that of the fact that if you are interested in a topic like finance, I mean, we just covered this in our newsletter, The Published Press, but there is a channel called Launch to Wealth um, with a creator who's focused at you know, kind of educating female entrepreneurs and, 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 you know, just people in general about finances and having a finance channel, she has 187,000 subscribers and she's, she reportedly is doing like $23,000 a month in, in, in AdSense revenue. Yeah. That's amazing. Cause when we had that many subscribers, we were making 4,000 a year in AdSense. Yeah. Yeah. So like picking a topic and being really hyper-defined and then you can understand like the same way right there, um, you know, with launch to wealth, it's like talking to young people about their finances. You know how many companies I can name who want to talk to young people about their finances, you know? And she doesn't just need to rely on partnerships with companies. She can also rely on her community. Yeah. It's not always, you know, that fourth element of having industry support can also be community support. Right. Well, right. It can be right. membership. Mm-hmm. A great example is Cody Co and Noel Miller um, with Tiny Meat Gang. Like they started a Patreon and basically turned to their community and said, if we get 2,000 subscribers on this Patreon, then Noel will quit his job and go full time. And that happened. Yeah. So I think it's really interesting because you also can, you know, industry support or just monetization support, it also can be turned to your audience and say, can you guys support me? And for us, it was it was the industry and it was our community of like-minded brands that wanted to do the same thing as us. But I would say there's one more thing that actually made it happen for us in 2021, which was developing a menu. I think mm. that's really important. And we we brought on, um, you know, someone on the team named Josh who, who helped us take a step back and say like, here's what we're doing and we're going to simplify. We're going to do the show and only the show. Because me personally, as an entrepreneur and a creative, I have a hard time sticking to one thing. I'm ready to do a hundred things. I think I'm sure you remember even when we were working on lacrosse network, I was throwing out all kinds of ideas. Samir, I don't remember just when you're working on lacrosse network. <laughs> okay, I mean, it happened today. Like, what it ha- happened? I mean, it happens every hour. Yeah. I have to restrict myself by the way. Yeah. And, I, and I'm really happy about it because no, I think it's, it's changed our business. But every day when I walk but in, you had to be like that yeah. for a while. Right. I think we had to throw a million darts, but I, now we don't, like, now we, we don't need to, to go a million different. Now directions. we have to make our dart bigger. Is that, is that right? No, no, no. We just need to keep throwing it at the same board. That was we used to throw darts or we need to make the bullseye bigger. Well, well, 
Okay. I don't know. All I remember, I, I can like vividly remember we're working on the lacrosse network. We're trying to make lacrosse videos every day and grow this media platform. And I ended up in China with my dad, who's in the fashion business and sampled some board shorts and brought them back. And I remember laying them out on the floor and showing you guys these board shorts. And I was like, we're going to make a board short company. And when I look back on that, like what an insane thing to do is like, we're trying to grow this lacrosse media company. And now on the side, I want to start this thing. And like, that is just how my mind works. And I think having someone step in and look at us from a third party perspective and just be like, Hey, why are you, why are you trying to do all this stuff? Just do this thing. Yeah. It's interesting because you know, the problem with too many of those board short ideas, specifically in our dynamic is I'm also, I'm looking for a canvas to paint on. Right. And if you tell me the canvas is a board short company, right. I'm like, great. (laughs) That sounds interesting to me. Right. It sounds really cool. I'm I'm an optimist. Like I see how great that could be and how much fun that could be. Yeah. But at this point we really did need someone to look at both of us and Mm -hmm. say, does it need to be board shorts? Hypothetically in this situation and for us on YouTube with Josh, it was like, you know, do you need to really focus on, you know, Instagram or do you need to do videos like this anymore? Can you just make this for this podcast format that's working? What Mm -hmm. if we just start there? Yeah. Commit to it. And then, like you were talking about with the menu, we actually, considering we're, uh, you know, partnerships and advertising business, primarily, we can start to give people options for what they can even do with us. Yeah, because before it was pretty confusing. It was like, we could make a video for your website. We could make a video, you know, it's like we went through a lot of years of us just saying like, what are they going to say? And then we'll just react to that rather than us coming forward and saying, here's what you can buy. And anything outside of the the confines of that menu, we don't do. We're still, you know, working on that right now, I would say of being like very strict about that. But I think it's the only path forward where, you know, you as a creator, when you're making a platform, like your, your primary audience, sorry, your primary customer is your audience. And then the brands align with you because they have the same mission for that same audience. So if you lose any footing with your audience, then you know, you've lost your footing with the brand as well. So for us, what was really important was to hyper simplify and say, all we do is make the Colin and Samir show. It uploads on YouTube every Monday. It also uploads on, on, you know, the podcast feed. That's it. Even when we wrote our goals for this year, both you and I decided it was produce a best in class show every Monday. That's the number one goal. Nothing should hinder that. And now when we look and, and turn to brands, we can say, Hey, you can sponsor our Monday show. That's it. That's it. And, you know, we were able to scale beyond that halfway through 2021, which is something we really wanted to do in launching a newsletter. So, you know, when we looked at what we were doing, once we got our process down for the show and we knew, you know, we still had work to do still to this day, every time we put out a show on Monday, we learn from it and we try and make it 10% better the next week. But once we got our process down and we knew we could actually get a show out every single Monday, then we started um, in development and released our newsletter, the published press, which is a two time a week newsletter that covers the exact same value prop for the same audience. Mm-hmm. It's an, it educates the future of creators, right? It, it does that through news. It, it, you know, we, we put together the top three stories for both Tuesday and Friday, and we give you context and why we think these stories are important. We give you education about the industry and that follows the exact same value prop as the Colin and Samir show. And this year we also started rolling out YouTube shorts. 
And we had a discussion around, should we put those on our main channel or should we make a separate Colin and Samir Schwartz channel? And, you know, along this same vein, we just decided, no, like this video may be 22 seconds long, but it actually hits the same audience and the same value prop. So it should go on the same channel, right? And so Mm -hmm. everything now is so much more clear because it fits under the lens of who our audience is, how we want to transform them. We have a process before we do anything new. Right. We did the newsletter, the published press internally for months. That's a good, that's a good point. To we bring sent up. it internally yeah. for months. Meaning we sent it to four people. Yeah, that's it. For months. We, we just sent it to ourselves and you and I were the thing about, I think you and I, which I've, I've really started to recognize, especially through working with other people and especially through developing these products in house. Like when we were sending it to four people in our company, this was not going out to anyone outside of you, myself and two other people. We were obsessed yeah. with making it the best it could be. And, and yeah. like we would, we would spend hours making well, it better. We had to be, or else we weren't going to learn. Yeah. Right. Because if we ended up going open to the public and we hadn't taken those steps, we w- wouldn't have a process. Yeah. We would be struggling to make it perfect every time. But by kind of going through that experience, we were able to figure out what we wanted the newsletter to be. And then again, we could start communicating it to other people. Well, I guess I'll also open up to, to the audience and to you guys listening right now about what we're doing right now. Because in 2022, one of, our, one of our other goals that we both reflected on was we wanted to do more audio and we wanted to open up a bit more about you know, our, our business and, and, and our career and, and how this world of us being creators looks. And this episode right now is a stab at that. So just as a, yeah. as a, as a rule of thumb, I think what's interesting is we have to commit to process first and then, you know, you can layer on the creative. You look back to the Colin and Samir show, or you look at the published press newsletter. The, the biggest learning was let's figure out what we can produce on a weekly basis and then let's make it the best thing it can possibly be. And we're still doing that with the show. We're still figuring out what are the graphics. We're still figuring out what are the hooks. We're still figuring out what's the best outro. We're still figuring out how do you structure a show to make it the most engaging. Like it'll never be done. It'll never be done. Nor I, I, yeah. I, I said this to you the other day. I was like, you know, this whole journey is I, I look at it like we think we're building a circular piece of wood to put into a circular hole. But like, I know at the end of this, actually, we're probably building a square. Right. Like, we really don't know what this will be or what it will lead to. Right. And same with this, this episode, our first audio only episode of 2022. Like, the, the, the goal here of being a creator is to, you know, commit to a process, create and learn and then iterate. And I think what we learned in 2019, not only, you know, from not being able to monetize, was we were just not creating enough. We didn't have a process to create something that was sustainable for us where we could learn fast enough. No, like even ourselves, we couldn't understand what we were making. Like forget about the industry or anyone who potentially would sponsor us. We didn't even know what we were making. And, you know, it's also a reality that there's people who potentially have a full-time job and are trying to be a creator or trying to start something on the side. What we're saying is just develop a process that's sustainable given your situation. Yeah. So if you have a full-time job and all you can commit to is making short form, one short form video a night, then make TikToks or make YouTube shorts, you know, or if you're like, you know what, I have every Saturday, I have two hours and I want to make a podcast, then you can do that, but commit to the process first and then work towards making it as creative as possible. And before you do any of that, think about your audience, 
your value prop? How are you going to transform them? Yeah. And the thing with process is like you said in the beginning, you can't create stressed. No. So that's why process yeah. is so important. You just need to pick something you can commit to because you don't want to be stressed when you're thinking yeah. about doing something fun, like expressing yourself. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I have to be relaxed to do it. Um, I think what's crazy is right now you and I are sitting in our second office space. We've taken out a new office space to grow as a company. We have, it's actually the one right next yeah. to our current mm-hmm. office space. And in our studio tour from 2020, we say that we wanted to break down the wall because mm-hmm. they had to patch up the wall actually. And they made yeah. it into these two separate spaces and we're in that second space now. So what's crazy is like, we're here we have a full team, you know, just to recap for you guys trying to envision our team, it's Colin and myself. We're the creators. We have, um, Jesse, who's an editor, Chris, who's an editor, um, Tyga, who works on our shorts, Marilyn, who's our production manager, who kind of helps us script, helps us, you know, work with guests. Um, and that's like our, our core creative team. Then we have Hannah who writes the published press who we work with. Uh, we have Josh and Jenny who work on our partnerships as well as on, the published press. And then in our Slack, we have like a whole cast of uh, people who support us in other ways, you know, from data and analysis um, to being in our writer's room and helping us curate the news. Like this world of Colin and Samir has gone from Colin and Samir to a lot of people. And when you see an episode, it's, you know, it's really a representation of our process and our team. And I think that's something that's really empowering. I was mentioning this to our team the other day is like when we have a video that goes out and it doesn't hit our goal of viewership, I don't believe, you know, it has anything like I don't, I don't take it personally. I look at it and I say, as a team, let's evaluate, you know, what happened and, and what we could do better and let's work on our process to make it better. So it's no one's fault. It's actually just collectively, we have to figure out the process and make it better. Yeah, it's much easier to go through it together with yeah. everyone than it is to just be, you know, you and I feeling mm-hmm. like we're failing. And I, I really, I agree. I don't feel like we're ever failing right now. Yeah. It's just an opportunity to learn more. Yeah. And I mean, I, totally. I think that's like, it, it's so much more positive for our mental health the way that it's going right now than it was when we were sitting and just kind of like trying to edit something together that hopefully would be the launching pad for our career. You know what's dark? Let's yeah. get just dark. Yeah, let's get dark. Um, Why not? When we would do a day in the life video. Yeah. And I would do yoga or go on a run mm-hmm. just for the video. Sure. And it wouldn't even be a full session of yoga or a full run. Yeah. I would just set the camera up on a tripod, right. run past it, run back again, call it quits. That's dark. That's dark. That's definitely dark. But I used to do that yeah. <laughs> yeah, often because yeah. we used to yeah. have, like, like day in the life videos <laughs> yes. from time to time. You know, Someone please go watch that and just, really think about that when I'll you just, watch Day in the Life of Colin, which I think is still out know, on our channel. I worked out this morning. Yeah. Didn't film it. Actually did it. Right. So. Much healthier. Much healthier. Yeah, much healthier. <laughs> and most times I don't record a podcast to even talk about it. It just happens. So that I feel, I feel like I'm in a much better I hope spot. to never do that unless I'm acting in a movie, then maybe, which is, you know, a goal. I'm actually in 40 minutes about to go to improv class. Wow. From the pod straight to the prov improv i hated it yeah, yeah i was trying to improv but, here with you man getting you ready I, I wanted to just quickly look look forward now you know we just kind of looked back and, t- and told you how this all came together like how did we build the colin and samir show what's interesting is 
don't know if you know this, but in 2021, we did 107 million views on the channel and we grew 350,000 subscribers. I mean, no, I, I know the, the growth is crazy. It's, yeah. When I look back to beginning of 2021, January, we didn't upload a single video right. in January of 2021 to our YouTube channel because we were trying to figure out our process, which was coming up with this podcast format. That yeah. was now last year. That is very this, this recent. Time, this time last year. When yeah. we had mm-hmm. Marquez Brownlee on the show. March of last year. Yeah, it was early yeah. March. I think we mm-hmm. recorded with him in February probably. So this is all very new. Yeah, it's all very new. And, and, and now that we have this foundation, as I look towards 2022, you know, our top goal is and has to be to produce the best show possible every Monday. That's just has to be our number one goal as a team always. And now I think for me, I had this, this thought in my head and, you know, connected to, to where, how now I'm going to an improv class is like, I feel like for the past 10 years, we've been building a stage. Like we've just been hammering away at the foundation of a stage so to perform on to mm-hmm. like get up and say things and people would listen and people we could in- engage with those people and like now that i feel like we at least have a pretty stable stage like there are people there to to listen to something that we have to say and we're so supported by our team i mean you yeah. think about the help that we get from chris in terms of yeah. graphics to make our points come across yeah uh, from Jesse, who makes us way funnier than we actually are. I, this our, our episode yeah. that's going to come out on YouTube on Monday. Yeah, I just watched the. We all watch the outtakes and the bloopers, and Jesse really adds this like comedic element. Yeah, that is so good. Like we're so supported mm-hmm. uh, by the people around us. Yeah. So I, I just like incredible gratitude, and, and hope to invest more in, um, you know, being able to create more this year. And be able to create more things like this, like audio where we can reflect and and answer any questions you guys have or go deeper on what you're interested in um, to peel back the curtain and, and let you know what this experience has been like for us. Because, you know, I think we're we're going through it. We're we're in the middle of it. And we reflect on and analyze a lot of creators who who are building things and succeeding in different ways. But we're also, you know, we're dealing with the ups and downs of this career and and the lessons that we're learning. So we'd love to share those with all of you. We'd love to hear from you guys. What do you think about this? You know, you like audio only episodes? You know, we're probably going to try one next week where we talk more about like the headlines and and talk about what's happening in the world of creators, stuff that we aren't covering on the show. Um, but we're but gonna, I'm open. Yeah, we're open. You got ideas. Yeah. This, is, this is a blank canvas right now. This Thursday upload. I think, I think one of the most interesting things about what we do as creators is how much all of you are involved in what we do. Like if you're listening to this, you can impact what we do next week. You can tweet at us. You can email us. You can, you know, post about what, what we just made and give us feedback on it. Like we are listening. Um, so feel free. I think Twitter is probably the best way to get in touch with us. That's like, we're, we see pretty much everything, we see pretty much everything that comes through on Twitter. So tweet at us and let us know what you think about this episode. And thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing and check out Monday on Monday on this feed. You'll have a regular episode of the Colin and Smear show. And next Thursday, we'll be back with an audio only special edition.